0: Help for HD Live is going on air in five, four, three, two.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This program is made possible because of Teva Pharmaceuticals and Neurochrome Biosciences. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have Robin Perry on with us. She is a, an HDEO ambassador and will be kicking off our HDEO ambassador series that we will be doing monthly. Um, and this really started as an idea um, because of Rare Disease Day, uh, which this is being aired on Rare Disease Day, and it's a, it's a great way to kick off um, Rare Disease Day. So super excited about this series um, on Help for HD Live and partnering with HDO to really promote the HDO ambassadors. So Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. So Robin, I know that you're from England. And um, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your journey with HD?
2: Yes. So I am 32. Um, And I am gene positive um, at the minute. And I have been a young carer um, for the past 15 years, really. Um, And my journey with Huntington's disease has been surreal, I'd say, to say the least. Um, You know, we've got a really big family. And dad was the first person to get diagnosed in our whole entire family. So, you know, we obviously knew something was wrong for a long time like, before he got diagnosed, but, you know, we had no idea about what Huntington's was. No-one had been diagnosed before him. There was no history of it. So for us to find out that as a family, it was, you know, obviously we were glad at the time, you know, that we had clarity on Dad's condition. You know, we had a we had a diagnosis, so it, it felt like a bit of a relief. But also, you know, it then dropped the penny, you know, for the rest of the, the like, the entire family then. It was kind of like, you know... Like when, when you see it on films and it's like everyone goes into panic mode and it's like people are like stressing out and, you know, are people going to get tested? And it was like a lot of heavy conversations, you know, within the family, like, you know, while people decided, obviously, if they were going to get tested or not at that point. How old were you when he found out? So I, I was probably about early 20s. Yeah, just turning like 1920. Yeah. Um, Because the day I got my test results, I was just turning 21. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a really, you know, even at the time, like now looking back on like obviously like 10 years and that it's like I feel like I've got gained a lot of wisdom since then, but at the time it was it was really hard. It was a lot to a lot to process, I think. And you know, I don't think I think because obviously we had no idea what it was about, it was like in the flip of a switch it was like okay so we've got this condition dad's got this condition and I've also got this condition and then it's like you know then becoming a carer and all the things that come with that and it's like I don't think people understand you know how much strain HD in the family puts on like you know relationships and like you know even just like down to you know like me and my sisters you know and my mum and that like you know when we you know talk about dad's care and like you know we're trying to make plans and whatever, like no one ever seems to agree really on like a lot of a lot of stuff. So it's kind of it. it is it is hard at times.
1: Well, and the other aspect of that, uh, being a young caregiver, um, but being a gene positive young caregiver um, has to it, it's hard. Right. It's so difficult to yeah. to it's a different perspective than what others may see because the way I the way that I've always looked at it is you know somebody that you're married to you can still walk away it's a choice to stay yeah. it's a choice to do it but when you're a gene positive young caregiver it's not a choice this is
2: your family yeah. and it's just a real experience you know it's kind of like it's hard to, like, even process it, you know, like in terms of, like, like explaining to people who aren't obviously in, with a HD family because I think it's so rare and, like, you're kind of watching, you know, like, your life play out already like in terms of your father, you know, obviously dad deteriorating yeah. and then obviously knowing that, that could, that's obviously going to be me in the future at some point and I think, you know, also being well And then not being well, it's kind of like you know. I think sometimes if you're born into something from from birth, you know, sometimes it's easier for people to process. You know, like those conditions and stuff. But I think you know, me and a friend, obviously one who she's got Huntington's in the family, and we were talking about you know how hard it must be for people when they go through from you know non symptomatic to symptoms. You know, and not even like how. The body's changing but how it must be for them to feel that change you know and like it's a, it's a very surreal a very surreal experience I think to feel your body start to deteriorate once you've been healthy and you know you've been able to do all these things it's kind of a, a strange process to go through yeah 100 percent. so
1: how is your dad now you he so that was what 10 years ago you tested um yeah and
2: how is he now? Um, so he is at the very end stages now. Um, So it's kind of, you know, it's a strange place to be in. I think um, I'm struggling with this stage more than and a lot of the others. And that, I know it's kind of probably I'm not a lot of people will understand that. But I think in the earlier stages, like, like the mid to, you know, like those type of stages, it's kind of I could do more for him you know so like even though I was stressed out or whatever like I always knew there was something I could do for him you know and even you know he was sick we could have conversations and stuff whereas at the minute he hasn't got any speech he can't talk you know he's asleep for probably 20 hours more plus a day at the minute so it's kind of another thing that's not discussed is the sleeping so it's kind of like you know at the minute it's like I know obviously it's coming to an end and like the end is coming and that's better for him it's it I'm just I'm going through a hard transition you know like feeling kind of like he doesn't need me do you know what I mean if that's kind of like out the west I'm not sure really how to say it but I kind of feel like it's you know there's not I feel I feel a bit lost really because there's not there's not I'm really I can do for him at this point I hear you is he at home or is he in a facility he's in a care home yeah yes. so he was at home for 10 years yeah. Um, and we cared for him at home which was you know it was hard but I actually like it I know it was hard at the time and stuff like that but I know he liked being a home and you know he's got um three daughters so he was waited on hands and foot my mum used to laugh she used to say like you know like it's like dad's coffee you know like he'd sit there and we'd make him biscuits and like just sit with him and like talk to him and like you know give him his medication and stuff and obviously get him ready and whatever um and then it got to the point where he just they desired that it wasn't it wasn't safe enough for him to be at home anymore and yeah he went into a, a care room at the minute but just by chance that you know one of like we've got a neuro base care home literally like five minutes from our house Oh, that's great it's just kind of like by, by fluke just like you know that it's ha- happened to be so close to home you know because like there's a lot of visitors there a lot of people there don't get a lot of visitors yeah and you know it breaks me heart sometimes because like I say to my mum you know like you know it's and you know some of them so they like the family live far away and like my mum said like we're, we've just happened to be lucky because it it's so close to our house so we can just visit whenever we want and he's got the luxury of you know just popping in put a cup of tea or you know just going around to see them and stuff like that so you know I am grateful that it's happened to be you know within within Liverpool
1: yeah yeah you mentioned you know this this stage um my father died in um January of 2021, and I was his caregiver. I was his primary caregiver, and I'm an only child. Um, So it was basically me and my mom. um, And I feel you on this stage. It was absolutely terrible. Um, And I am still at a point where I am grieving, not just because I lost him, but because of that period of time and how rough it was. And you're right. People can't understand until they go through it. Um, it Nothing prepares you, right? Like we hear about advanced stages, but things like the dementia part um, of HD and them not being there like they were before. Um, yeah. Not something that we've really discussed the sleeping all the time. And yeah, that f- helpless feeling of, well, what do I do to help? Because at this point, there's nothing to help except try to make the person comfortable and know that they're loved. And yeah, yeah, it, it is so tough. So I am with you because yeah, yeah,
2: it's so hard. And,
1: and I realized that.
2: Yeah. Do you know what I think as well? Like, I think, you know, it's kind of like for my entire life, everything has revolved around him and his care and everything. And like now things are starting to slow down coming towards the end. It's kind of like, that transition of, you know, you know, obviously I'm glad because I've got a lot more free time for myself, but it's like, you kind of got to go through a process. I haven't yet you know, of like letting go of all the parts of like, you know, yes. running after him and, you know, now I've got free time and I hope like, oh, I actually, I've got time to myself. Like, like what, what do I do? That, you know, there's there's that guilt with to it me. too, right? Like it's,
1: it's like, oh, well I have time, but I really don't feel like I should be doing anything because Yeah. yeah. It's a total guilt thing, and then trying to to process because you've changed as a person being a caregiver, yeah, and and so when you lose that part and it's like you lose a part of
2: yourself and you lose that that purpose, yeah um, it's I think like, when when he passes, that transition'll still carry on going, you know, like like letting sure. him go and I think as well, like you know I've kind of built it up in my mind like for him to pass away and you know, to be this big thing. And I actually think when it happens, it won't really feel as, as big as it, I I anticipated to, because, you know, I've grieved him every, every, every step, you know, like every milestone when he went into the care room and, you know, every journey, like where he's, I've lost a piece of him. It's kind of like, I've already, I feel like I've already lost them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hear you.
2: Sure. I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with that. It, is by far the worst part of HD yeah I think it is and it's um you know a lot of the stuff that isn't spoken about you know even like down to like him just sleeping and stuff like that like it's it's hard you know like just like sat there sometimes on visits and I think when you know you're not able to have a conversation with them and then at that point at the end it's kind of like the only place you can do is like you know overthink or you know you know worry about stuff so I tried to just like put a film on and you know maybe just like put some music on because I know he loves music and he'll probably still be able to hear it even though he's still asleep
1: <laughs> that was my dad my dad was all about music and so that's what I would do I'd play music for him um just because I knew he loved it and so I'd play our favorite songs or his favorite songs, something to make him you know laugh if I could get him to um or smile even but yeah. um yeah
2: Music was a big deal for us too. Yeah, definitely. Like before he, you know, started getting like to the point where he wasn't able to go out, we would take him, you know, like to like gigs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I I remember being at like one one particular gig a couple of years before. You know, like he was in a wheelchair and stuff like that at that point, and we were in the disabled like disabled area, like quite off to the side, and I could just see him staring at me like from the side of his eye. And I just said to my went, you want to go in the in the middle of that crowd, don't you? And he just started laughing and he was like, yeah. So we pushed him. It's like we got all people to like part the crowd. And literally we were in the middle of the crowd. People were throwing beers. And oh. like, he, were, he was in his element. Honestly, yeah. people were fiving him. And I was like, oh, my God. I went, when you get out, I was like, I don't know how we both survived without not happening to him. And it honestly, it's one of my favorite memories of him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's- I, he just looked at me, and I thought, I know what he's gonna say. You know, and you know what someone's gonna yeah. say before they even oh, say, it. Sure. and I thought, he, I know he loves music, and even though it, it, he was enjoying it, I thought he wants to be, you know, in the middle of it, like surrounded by people and everyone singing and stuff. So, I, I was like, you know, I just push him to the front. Yeah.
1: yeah, my dad was the same way, and like I would take him to football games. Still, um, even in the. uh last six months of his life like I took him to he loved um Christmas lights so I oh, took no. him to uh, put him in the car and took him to a it was called Christmas Town so you can actually drive through the town it's completely decorated and he oh, wow. loved it and you know but he was the same thing wanting to be in the middle of of everything especially when it came to music um so that's that is such a great memory and I'm glad that you got that
2: yeah yeah it was definitely a special day. And like, I know when I look back and like think, I think, you know what that, like, it just, you've just kind of just got to do what, like whatever yeah. I did. If that was me, I'd have kept it to the side, do you know what I mean? And he was just like, no, I was like, fine enough. I might be your caregiver, but you're the adult here. Like that, And I've always been like that with his care. Like if he, whatever he wanted, I always yes. like, with you know what I mean? I would never try and like, try and convince him because he was very stubborn. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear you.
1: <laughs> but that makes for a great caregiver. And I think that also comes back to just that different perspective too, right? Because um, being able to understand him better
2: than most because of being yeah. faced with the same thing.
1: Yeah, um, that's
2: what I thought. I thought, you know what, like if it was me, I would definitely probably want to be doing the same. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So did... This kind of push you to become an HDO ambassador. It, do you know what? It's actually really like strange the way it all happens because, like, it wasn't something that I'd planned out. You know, prior to like joining them or anything like that. I, I'd obviously it all started really back in um 2022 when I decided that I was going to climb Kilimanjaro, um, and I with, like with this walking group that I'm involved in here in Liverpool. And, you know, straight away, like I knew that I wanted to obviously, you know, do it for charity and, you know, things like that. But it was kind of hard because, you know, everyone around me, you know, knew that dad was sick and, you know, knew. I'm quite open, you know, on social media like about posts and um, and stuff and everyone knew he was in a home and stuff. But I actually hadn't told anyone that I was sick and, you know, like the details of what come with Huntington's and stuff. And you know, like in the past, like whenever anyone asked me about Dad or like I'd just say, oh yeah, he's got a neuro condition, like I would never you know be specific on it or anything like that, and I kind of kept it to myself really, you know, like just my immediate close friends and family you knew, so like I was at the point where I obviously wanted to you know get out there and raise awareness and for the with the climb, but I also was in a bit of a like tricky position because no one really knew. You know, like about it fully, and I hadn't really told a lot of people. So like I had a bit of a sit down and just thought, you know, like if I'm gonna do this, like I wanna do it completely. You know, I don't want to just ask people for money. I want them to know, you know, like my story before they give me any sort of money, kind of, so that they know, you know, like dad's been through so much. And like, you know, even just us as a family, we have, and like I wanted them to know, you know, how much it meant to me and like. The why it was driving me to like you know do it, yeah. um. So I just like decided that I was gonna re- record a video and obviously post my story on um social media, along with like you know like a little Just given page and stuff like that for obviously the charities, um. And it kind of just really snowballed from there. Um. You know, I don't think if I would have thought at the time when I posted that video that, you know, I had no idea you know what was going to come of that. And, you know, even like to the point where, you know, I got obviously spoke at Congress last year. So, you know, I think I had, it wasn't like it was planned or anything like that. It kind of just, kind of all just unraveled, you know, like bit by bit, really, you know. So I think the first step was obviously, you know, posting the story. And then there was like, you know, so much, so many people messaging and like everyone was like really overwhelmed and stuff like that. And then, it happened to be um, Huntington's Disease Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And I obviously follow a lot of, like, Huntington's related people on social media um, at the time. And I ended up reaching out to them and just saying, you know, like, I'd love to, you know, get involved. Um, and I felt, like, really drawn to it. Um, and then, yeah, ends ended up joining them as as an ambassador, which has been probably one of, like, the most amazing things that I think I've done really you know it's kind of strange you know looking back on it like because I think when I chose to join them the only thing I had in mind was like I wanted to obviously you know help people you know I thought if, if I can share my story on one person you know with HD and take a take something from that then you know like I'd be grateful for it but then I think in the process of joining the ambassador group you know, what I've actually got from it on a personal level has just been like on another level that I, I hadn't even anticipated that before I joined them, you know, just having like a community of people who, you know, understand you completely. It's like, it's a very, it's a very surreal feeling, you know, after like growing up for my entire life feeling like no one really understood me. Yeah. to now having like this like group of friends who you know who know when they're caregivers and you know like they're either at risk or they're testing positive and you know they just even if it's not to do anything but just like catch up or you know like to text or you know to speak about your day you know just mundane things but I think just knowing that someone understands you just brings a, a lot of like peace to my life really you know like I feel like You know, sometimes in relationships it can be a bit disjointed. You know, like these people around us. You know, no matter how much they love us and they try to understand us, they can't. They just, they just can't. You know what I mean? And it's not their fault or anything, but it's kind of and even like you know, like friends and you know, like people who are dating and whatever. It's kind of like you know, they love you. That these people are the people who love you the most, but they still don't get. Like they still don't understand. You know what you're going through. Yep. So to have like this now pool of people who I can, you know, like lean on and like talk through things and just like, you know, catch up with or, you know, like go on days out with, it's been, yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, I agree. It's an amazing group. Um, I love too that
1: it's so diverse and it's, it's really on a global level Um, to have that support, you know, and um, instead of sticking to, your own country, right. And in, in the HDO ambassadors group you have from everywhere. And like you said, it's a really good group um, for support, but for empowerment and, yes. um, you know, yes, you get the understanding, but, but also realizing like these people inspire yes. and so it empowers your, you know, at least for me, it empowers me um, yes. to, to, to see what everyone is dealing with and going through and continuing to fight and yeah it's an amazing group
2: yeah it's kind of you know crazy because obviously like we've been up until the point of congress you know it was like zoom talks and you know like whatsapp and each other and like speaking over social media and stuff and then you know to actually be in a room with all those people It was kind of like that was that was my first ever event that I'd ever gone to in terms of like Huntington's events. So for me, it was just such a mind blowing experience because it was like, you know, all these people who are, you know, I find so inspiring. And, you know, days when I don't feel like I know what to do, they inspire me, you know, to carry on. And then to be in a room with them. I was like, oh my God, you're actually a person. Like (laughs) you're not just on the screen anymore. Like I can actually hug you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we were like going around, like doing like group hugs and stuff. And it was just, you know, yeah, it was just honestly one of the craziest weekends I've ever ever experienced, really. Yeah. Well,
1: Robin, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story and sharing how you got into um the hdo ambassadors um this is such a great way
2: to start off this series um and i truly appreciate you thank you thank you for having me you know what it's been really lovely and i think you know until like you get a moment obviously like this to you know reflect back on it it's kind of it all feels like it's a bit of a blur do you know what I mean until obviously mm-hmm. you sit back and take it all in you know i think even like you know whole thing with Kilimanjaro, you know, I think at the at the time, you know, I don't think even getting to the top that I, I had to even uh, you know tuck in, you know what was happening at that time, and it's like, you know, looking back now, it's you know, yeah, it's been amazing, amazing. right? To you look back and you go, oh my god, I actually did that. Yeah, Yeah. you're like, oh my god, as if that actually happened. Yeah, yeah, that's. An amazing thing
1: um you know to to do that i'm glad you got the opportunity to do that i hope that you know you have more opportunities like that and uh and as you said this the hdo ambassador group is just an amazing group and and empowering and um you inspire so much and um thank you for being so open and honest and willing to share
2: oh thank you for having
1: me Absolutely. Um, So for those listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We will be doing these HDO ambassador series uh, episodes once a month. Um, A new person will come on every month. And um, if you are interested in learning more about the HDO ambassadors, you can go to the HDO website and learn more. Um, Or you can reach out to Jenna uh, with HDO. I'm sure that she would be happy to send you information. if you're looking for one of the HDO ambassadors to come and speak, I'm sure they would be willing to do that as well. Um, So feel free to reach out to them. Uh, Please make sure that you are tuning in every Thursday for a new episode, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Again, today's episode is aired on Rare Disease Day. So happy Rare Disease Day. Hope that you are taking advantage of that and sharing your story um, or you know, however you want to celebrate rare disease day, but we are part of that community and it is a chance for us to really speak up with the rare disease community. So, um, I hope that we are doing a good job of that in the HD community. Um, and until next time, guys, take care and love ya.
0: Thank you for listening.